Hey y'all, this is Stacey Pearsall, and you're listening to Everything, my podcast where I talk about, well, everything. Good morning, everybody. I am flying solo today. Andy is headed up to Kentucky for work, so you're stuck with just me. I figured since this week marks Veterans Day, I would take the opportunity to share a podcast that's all about Veterans Day. And another reason why it's so important is it's my anniversary with Charlie. Today marks the fourth year since we've been paired together. And I thought I would just give you a little behind the scenes glimpse into the decision uh, up or applying for a service dog, but also what that process was like to do it on national television with the Today Show and what life has been like with Charlie ever since. So. Let me just start by giving you a little bit of background. Many of you know my history. I am a former military photographer and my job took me all over the world. So I would travel to places like Iraq, for instance, document the story, send those images back, and they would be used by the Joint Chiefs of Staff. They would be picked up by media, spread through newspapers, things like that the president, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, all of them would use my imagery too, just like every other combat photographer's work. At any rate, obviously as a combat photographer, I have to work in combat and that comes with inherent risk, which I was not above such risks. And I was hit by a couple of IEDs, which ended ended my career and led to having traumatic brain injury, um, a spine issue, a a litany of of issues, including post-traumatic stress disorder as well, which I hate the word disorder. So we'll just say PTS as in post-traumatic stress. I had been sort of muddling through and one of my biggest issues was not asking for help. I think the military mentality is to just rub some dirt on it and keep pressing forward. And that's basically what I did over and over and over again. When I was initially medically retired temporarily, I tried really, really hard just to get back to service. And um, it just wasn't happening. The doctors kept telling me all the things that I couldn't do. You can't lift anything over five pounds. You can't stand for prolonged periods of time. Photography is out of the question and most certainly combat photography. If I couldn't wear a helmet and body armor anymore, then I was absolutely no use to the military. So they temporarily retired me. Then the only thing I had left in my identity was my photography, and they were saying I couldn't do that either. So I laid down on the couch, took a bunch of pills that the VA had given to me, and I had sort of succumbed to the fate that they had outlined for me. And I went to a really, really, really dark place. And I like to say that I circled the drain any number of times. And suicide was one of the things on uh, on my plate that I thought might be an option. You know, the thing is, when you're in such deep depression and... You're, you're letting things overwhelm you and like it did for me, I couldn't see the positive things. I, I still had my horses, I could go and play with them. I had a, a fantastic and supportive husband, still do. I had really, really good friends who believed in me and were supporting me. I just couldn't see it, I couldn't feel it. All I could feel was that overwhelming darkness. Well, something had changed. I started taking portraits of veterans at the VA hospital. And and that suddenly was like sending a big message to not only myself, but those who told me all the things I couldn't do. It was like saying, I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to lie down and just die. I was 27 years old. 
28, which I had a whole life ahead of me. I wasn't going to let somebody else define what that life was going to be or when it was going to end. With taking the portraits, I had a renewed sense of self and identity and motivation. And the one thing that I've always been is sort of, I need targets, I need goals, I need purpose, and, and service was always one of them. And I felt like when the military said, we don't need you anymore, we can't really use you the way you are, I felt like my ability to serve something bigger than myself was in my rear view. By doing the Veterans Portrait Project, which is what I ended up naming it, thanks to Andy's help, I had a new sense of purpose. I could help redefine what people thought of as the veteran community because honestly, when I became a veteran, I did not feel like I was recognized as one. And let me get on my soapbox for a minute. We look at the veteran community based on what we're told the veteran community looks like through the media that we're fed from the time we're young. Whether that is the sort of Uncle Sam poster, we need you and there, he's not pointing at a woman like me. He's pointing at, you know, a robust man of 18 years old who can carry a rifle and be a ho ho guy. But that's just not the case. There are so many women and men alike who serve our great nation and they eventually become veterans like myself. And they come from all walks of life, all demographics. And we are a very diverse and all encompassing community. With the Veterans Portrait Project, I could help change how people perceived who the veteran community is. And instead of having that sort of the bubble that pops into your head, that, that sort of iconography of the veteran, you know, when a balloon pops, they jam themselves under a table and they cower because, you know, Vietnam really hit them hard. I'm sorry. Some veterans, yes, are impacted that way. But that is not the veteran community as a whole. And I wanted to broaden those horizons and, and re-educate the community about the veterans. So one little story let me share with you real quick is I was at the VA waiting for an appointment and it was two hours past my scheduled time. I was getting hungry and the Red Cross, bless them, had a table set up and they were passing out sodas and cookies. I went to get one and I had my hand slapped away and she said, those are for veterans. That was when I knew I needed to make some changes, not in just in, in my life, but, but to help others. And it was going to take everything that I had to do that. And my, my powers behind the camera were so much stronger than just my words. And I always believe that actions speak louder. So that's when I started bringing my camera to my doctor's appointments and started taking pictures and telling the veteran story, my story, other people's stories, so that we could again, help reimagine, help redefine the veteran community. Well, I started the project in 2008 and for a few years I was doing it on my own and I was going mainly locally. So I live in Charleston, South Carolina, and I would go to North Carolina, Georgia, surrounding areas, Tennessee, anywhere I could really drive to. Well, then my friends at USAA said, hey, we want to support you to achieve your goal. Let me tell you what that goal is or was. I wanted to photograph veterans in every single state. That's yeah, 50 locations. And that wasn't just the 50 states, but you know, some states are large, Texas and, and, and areas like that and have concentrated cities. So I wanted to do multiple cities in, in all 50 states. USAA said, hey, we want to support you. 
And that was in 2013 that I really began to aggressively pursue achieving that goal. I thought it was going to be a lifelong endeavor, honestly, but it, suddenly everything was getting accelerated and I was traveling across the U.S. Well, so not being able to ask for help meant that I was hiding my injuries and hiding the things that were impacting me both physically and mentally because I didn't want anybody to say, you need to go back to that couch. You need to lay your ass down and just give up because obviously you're a wreck and you're not able to handle this. So let's just take that away. And I didn't want anybody to take that, take that away from me, take anything away from me ever again. I wanted to be in control of my life. But the thing was, I wasn't. I was unraveling from the inside out, not only from the the stress of, of traveling, but also the stress of hiding my problems. And I had some really, really deeply seated problems, not just physically, which were really, really hard to hide. When I would have traumatic brain injury moments, I would have to play them off. So stuttering over my words, losing my balance, um, getting really dizzy, uh, all, all, all of these problems. But then the emotional taxation. So I hadn't even really coped with my own stuff. But then through the Veterans Portrait Project and talking to veterans, in, in some ways it was very cathartic because I could hear their stories and hear that I wasn't some unusual individual who couldn't handle combat experiences. Each combat veteran would relay their stories and be emotionally touched. So that, that was sort of affirming my own feelings about those experiences. At the same time, I was taking on their emotions as well through, through the, the telling of their stories and taking on their experiences. It was layering on that emotional trauma that I had already not addressed within myself. So as you can imagine, it was very, very complex. Now I had photography assistants that I was working with and, and I would say that even they didn't know to what extent uh, my, my traumas were beginning to compound within me. It was 2015, I came home from a Veterans Portrait Project tour out on the road and I was hanging out with Andy. We were going to the grocery store, I think, or some store we were going shopping. Got in the car, started driving down the road. I felt really dizzy and I felt sick to my stomach. I said, you need to pull over, I'm gonna throw up. So he pulled over to the shoulder, I opened the door and that's the last thing I remember until I woke up in an ambulance facing facing the car. I'm like, how did I go from being in the car to being in this ambulance on a stretcher looking at my husband behind the wheel? It was a very surreal moment. And I was very disoriented and looked at the medic and was like, what is happening? He said, you've had a grand mal seizure. We're taking you to the hospital. We need to get to the bottom of this. Well, after some testing, I had my driver's license suspended for six months because of the seizures. And I had, had to look at myself really, really hard. The seizure was brought on by stress, traumatic brain injury, anything that you can imagine that was compounded to, to be that very moment. And the, the seizures were becoming uncontrolled at that point. It was then I really knew that I needed to make a change. And 
after that, after I kind of got back on my feet, I went to a VFW convention and I had my assistants there and we were hanging out. And one of the veterans by the name of Joe Worley was there representing America's Vet Dogs. They're a service dog organization that focuses on pairing disabled veterans with service animals to help them have more freedom in life. Well, Joe came in with his, his dog, who was then named Ben, and I got to talking to him and, and shared with him like, hey, I, I had been considering getting a service dog, but I, I don't feel like I'm disabled enough to really warrant a service dog. I don't want to take a service dog away from an able, you know, somebody else who desperately needs one. And, you know, Joe really put me in my place that day by saying, hey, if you're disabled and you have issues and you feel like a service animal will benefit you, then why would you let somebody else dictate to you or why would you downplay your needs over somebody else's? And I think that's a very human response, empathetic response, and a very veteran response on my part. After returning home from that VFW convention, though, I, what Joe said to me really sunk in. That coupled with, you know, realizing the, the pressure that I had been putting on my family, uh, my husband particularly, and, you know, my uh, friends and photo assistants, you know, I was now relying on them to do so much more than just be my husband or just be my photo assistants. And I felt like a service dog could help change all that. When I got home, I applied for a service animal through America's Vet Dogs and then filled out the application and was told that the wait list was anywhere from 18 to 24 months, which was a long time. And I will say that it, it was. It was a long time. It was a long enough time for me to sit back and say, do I really need a service dog? Do I really want to have all that attention? Because service animals, they are like walking billboards. Like, hey, look at me. Who doesn't love a dog? So when you walk into, a, when somebody walks into a place with a service animal, a lot of heads turn. They're like, oh my God, it's a dog. And even I did that prior to Charlie. Needless to say, over those two years, I had a lot of self-doubt, thought about canceling my application. I, any number of times I, I drafted an email to America's Vet Dog saying, listen, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Um, I said, you know what? This needs to happen. I need this in my life. And I'm just going to wait and see how it all plays out. In October of 2017, I got a call from America's Vet Dog saying that they had an animal that was the perfect match for me and that, that he was a special dog. And they had a couple of other veterans on the shortlist that I hadn't been confirmed as his veteran partner yet, but um, that I was on the shortlist. I was just excited that, you know, two years had passed and I had finally found a dog or they finally found a dog that was the right pairing for me. And uh, that, the, that the moment had arrived, and I was super, super excited. Only a, a couple weeks later did I find out that that dog that they wanted to pair with me was a relative superstar. Around the same time that I had my first seizure, America's Vet Dogs decided to launch the Puppy with a Purpose program on the Today Show on NBC. And when I came back from that VFW convention and I filed my application, Little puppy Charlie ran down the red carpet and made his debut on national television. So all the while, I'm watching this beautiful dog get trained on TV every morning. I get to see him and his train, his puppy raiser, his trainer, Olivia Poff. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I can't wait to, to meet my, my service animal. I had no idea that it was actually going to be Charlie. I felt like I knew him and 
he, he unfortunately didn't know me yet. I got the notification that Charlie and I were officially going to be paired together and that I would have to go to New York City to, to go on the red carpet and meet Charlie. We weren't actually going to be physically leaving the Today Show together because I had to undergo two weeks of training to be able to handle Charlie, but it was going to be our initial meeting. And I was really super nervous. I hadn't met Olivia yet. I hadn't met Charlie yet. And I was going to be on national television scrutinized by everybody who loved this little puppy with a purpose. I mean, Charlie had 500,000 followers on Instagram. Can we just say that's overwhelming? In a nutshell, very overwhelming. So um, my friend Desla, who had been traveling with me through the Veterans Portrait Project for a number of years, was on set with me and we were waiting there on the mall. It was freezing cold. And I remember, you know, Olivia giving me a quick rundown about Charlie's going to come through the curtains. He's going to run down the red carpet. You're going to, to grab him and meet him. And then you're going to do a quick interview with the Today Show crew. And that's it. Well, it seemed a lot more simple, but Charlie loves Olivia. If you haven't seen videos of Charlie and Olivia together, please Google it or YouTube it. It's overwhelmingly sweet and you're, you would love to see their interactions. But he was so bonded with her that when he came down the red carpet, he definitely wanted to go to her, but I had a handful of treats. So I kind of lured him over to me. And I knew in an instant, like I, I couldn't help, but like I couldn't catch my breath. I was so excited and so happy to see him. And I really didn't know what to say on the spot. Like when the Today Show folks were interviewing me, they were asking me questions that I really wasn't prepared to answer yet. Or I didn't even know the answer to. Cause they're like, what's Charlie gonna do for you? I'm like, I don't really know yet. We haven't gone through training. And they are like, well, how do you feel? I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what else to say. The one thing that that I felt like was overwhelming too, is I, I felt just as I felt that day when I was talking to Joe, there were veterans that were much more in need of a service animal, veterans with more overt injuries, like, you know, veterans with amputations or vision impairment or, you know, things like that. I mean, I'm hearing impaired and I have traumatic brain injury. I have vertigo issues, balance issues. Um, I have a number of other issues, but none of them are, you know, outwardly visible. Well, that was made apparent by all of the viewers on the Today Show. And like anything else, it's easier to hear the negativity than it is to hear positive feedback. So the worst thing that I could have ever done after our pairing episode was over and I was on cloud nine because Charlie is absolutely epic and I, I was just overwhelmed that I was going to have a, a future with him. I went online and looked at the, the feedback and it was, there was so much support, an outpouring of just overwhelming support, but there was negativity too. Like a woman, you, you had to go for a woman and she's not even disabled. She doesn't even have a disability. Oh, it was, it was a mess. And I was like, oh my God, is this going to be what it's like for me? This scrutiny for the rest of my life, as long as Charlie's by my side, people are going to be this critical. And I was looking at it like, I, I, I just couldn't help but cry. It was, I was like, what have I done? Not only to myself, but to Charlie. I will say that I now look at that as an opportunity, again, just like the Veterans Portrait Project, just like when my hand was slapped away by the Red Cross, that I found that it was an opportunity to help re-educate I will say that in the days, the weeks, the months, and now four years 
into my pairing with Charlie has been an opportunity to re-educate how people view veterans with service dogs. Time and again, I get asked, are you training that dog? Because a woman couldn't be a veteran and a woman couldn't be a disabled veteran. So ultimately put one and two together and that makes three? No, not always. So I take the opportunity to say, Charlie's my service animal. He's my hearing, mobility, and seizure support dog. And we travel together. We do everything together. And he is my right arm. He is my, I don't want to say crutch. That's not the right word. He's, he's my, he is the reason why I am able to leave my house with freedom without any sense of obligation to anybody, without having that threat of somebody taking something away from me because I am unable to do it. With Charlie, I am fully capable, fully able, and nobody can take that away from me because we are a team. So I went through the the two weeks of training at America's Vet Dogs. Well, we had a modified training because, because I was still traveling with the Veterans Portrait Project and Charlie is who he is. We did a week at the campus together with Katie Ruiz, Charlie's other dog trainer. And then Katie and Olivia and Charlie and I went on a Veterans Portrait Project to Atlanta together to finish out that one week of training. So it was quite an experience. And I can't believe it's been four years since then. In the four years since Charlie and I have been paired together, we traveled and finished all 50 states. Charlie went to Hawaii with me, Alaska, we did a number of states. I mean, that dog is well-traveled. And what cracks me up is when we get on the airplane, they're like, oh my gosh, he flies with you? And I said, yeah, he's got more miles than you can ever imagine. Actually, I wish he could earn miles because he would be a Platinum Plus member. Anyway, Charlie is the most bestest thing that has ever happened in my life, save marrying my husband and my two stepchildren. But I want everybody to know that Veterans Day is special to me, but it made even more special because Charlie came into my life around Veterans Day. And he's going to continue on my journey with me as long as I can keep him. And I tell people he's going to stay with me forever because he's going to defy, defy life and gravity. And we are in pre-production for After Action. He's going to be on set with me, helping me and other veterans. The other thing about Charlie is he may be my service animal, but he's everybody's emotional support dog and he just changes the room. He changes it. If you want to know more about America's Vet Dogs, visit americasvetdogs.org and be sure to follow Charlie and my Zantics on social media. I'm going to wrap it up now, but don't forget we are in the month of Thanksgiving. So I'm giving thanks to Charlie and to all of those who supported me during those dark times, and to all the veterans, thank you for your service over Veterans Day. Visit everythingstacy.com to get your photos in. What are you giving thanks for this month? And get those photos posted. Enter to win. Our friends at Spider Holster continue to support the Everything Stacy Photo Challenge. So you've got to get photos submitted to get a Spider Pro hand strap V2. Visit everythingstacy.com. I hope you enjoy Veterans Day. Make sure that you thank a veteran. And if you have time, there are a number of ways to do your thanking in person. You can visit 
a VA where they have in-resident veterans who would love to sit down and chat with you, I'm sure. They also have American Legions and VFWs who are looking for volunteers. So you can say, actions speak louder than words. Get on out there and volunteer. Until next week, I'm Stacy. Be well.